You know what I hate about television? Everyone who's black or of color is stuck into these, these a couple of silos, these, these stereotypical boxes. You know, there's no dad around, they always live in the hood. You know, there's always, they're always dancing, every black commercial, and you gotta, you gotta have black folks dancing to sell burgers. Like, I just all started to drive me crazy. So what actually got me into this space was not curiosity as, as much as it was discomfort about how people of color are, people of color are portrayed in film and TV. And so I left and I went to college with this burning thing in my head about wanting to change the way, because I knew diverse people of color. Everybody's not the damn same that you know, right? And I wanted to change the way people of color are portrayed. So that's been, that's been my guiding force, I would say, since I was 16, believe it or not. Like, this whole thing for me is about how do we show people in our true, diverse, uh, uh, enormously, You're listening to Creative Breakthrough, the podcast that provides you with the strategies to elevate your creative passion to the next level. I'm your host, creative hustler and chicken wing lover, Shireen Kassam, aka the funny brown girl. And yes, I have an unhealthy obsession with chicken wings. Now, get ready to flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Creative Breakthrough Podcast. I'm your host, Shireen Kassam. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for joining us. If you're a repeat listener, I can't tell you how grateful I am that you guys come back week after week after week. I know right now it's a very anxious time. I know we're very, um, a lot of us are not sure what's happening in the world and where we're going and there's a lot of distress and there's a lot of anxiety. Um, and if you're listening to this podcast in the future, um, it is March, 2020 right now. And we are going through the global epidemic called COVID-19. And I'll just give you um, a quick update on what's going on here. I'm based in Orlando, Florida in the United States. It is not being taken as seriously as I would like here. Uh, If you've seen the pictures, there's people on the beaches. Um, Nobody is staying at home. I mean, I don't want to say nobody. I'm staying at home, but a majority of people just do not seem to understand the severity of this. And so I'm urging you that no matter where you are in the world right now, whether it has hit you guys hard, whether you're in Italy or Spain, where it's like it's become a big deal and you guys are you guys are under lock and key police mandate to stay inside versus if you're in Florida and nobody's mandating you to stay inside just stay inside i don't understand why this is so hard for people like we actually get to stay inside nobody's asking us to go fight a war nobody's asking us to go learn how to shoot a gun or go fight for our own food this is not the hunger game All they're saying to you is stay at home. And I don't know why that's so hard. There's so much to do at home. There's so much to read. There's so much to learn. There's so much TV to watch. There's instruments to learn how to play. Like, just stay at home. It's not going to be for the rest of your life. Um, And for those of you who are like, well, I'm not going to get sick because I'm healthy or I'm young. Yeah, well, you don't know that, right? Like, there's more and more research and data coming out every day that's saying that that's not a true statistic um, and that there are young people getting sick. So I am going to plead with you, please, please, please just stay at home, self-isolate, quarantine yourself, 
and find something to do, like write a book, write a poem, blog, create a vlog, learn how to edit movies, learn how to edit TV, start your own podcast. And I am willing to sit here and talk to you guys about that. So if like, if you want to start a podcast and you don't know how to start a podcast, let me know, hit me up and I will walk you through how to start a podcast. Okay. Like I will do what I need to do to play my part to make sure you guys stay at home and you guys stay safe. I'd love to hear what's going on where you guys are from. I know we've got listeners all over the world from Kenya, Zimbabwe, Kuwait, Malaysia, Czech Republic, United Kingdom, Australia, Canada, United States. There's more countries that I'm missing. I would love to know how you guys are dealing with the coronavirus and what you guys are doing to stay busy. So hit me up. Uh, Email is hi at funnybrowngirl.com. I will say um, one of the hardest things about going through what we're going through right now is that I have been super anxious. Um, I find that I, I'm i not super anxious about, about dying or, I mean, and that's really like far left field. I'm super anxious just about what's happening in the world and just watching us that this virus is just taking anybody and everybody. Like it's not taking people based on race, religion, income levels, but yet we're still divided on all of those things. Like in the United States, we're still divided, Republicans and Democrats, we're still divided between the rich and the poor, who gets tested, who doesn't get tested, who who doesn't have money to pay rent next month and who does have money to pay rent next month, who's hoarding all the groceries, who's not hoarding all the groceries. Like we're still so divided and we're not learning from this epidemic that we need to work together Um, And that's just making me so anxious. Also, what's making me anxious is as a creative in the gig economy, I don't know when I'm going to get my next paycheck. I don't know how I'm going to make rent next month. I don't know when I'm going to get to work again or take the stage again. Or even if I ever will, like, will all the comedy clubs shut down because they can't stay in business? Or will, will there be conferences? And when will the next conference happen? Because like a lot of conferences got canceled and it takes a lot of money and time to rebuild those and put those back together. And uh, within 48 hours last weekend, when all of this stuff started to come to a fold to fruition in the United States, I lost, within 48 hours, I lost $5,000 worth of gigs and with of uh, conferences and comedy shows and so I've been super anxious um and it's it's definitely hindered my day-to-day life because I'm not sure like what I should be doing like I'm not sure how I should be moving forward with my life and I can understand if a lot of you guys are in the same place especially if you have families to feed and your children are home and you're trying to work and teach at the same time um it's been it's a rough it's been rough and so Today, what I want to share with you are just some things that I have been doing to try to stay uh, focused and and work on my anxiety. So the one thing that I have been doing, um, and I and I say I've been doing, I started doing it today, um, is setting a schedule for myself. I set an alarm clock for the first time. I woke up at eight o'clock. I set a schedule. I said, this is what I'm going to do before lunch. This is what I'm going to do after lunch. This is what I'm going to eat. I think my eating habits have become really out of whack. Um, so focusing on making sure that I'm planning out my eating so that I'm not mindlessly snacking. Uh, I put my workouts in there because I need to work out. Like just because I'm sitting at home all day doesn't mean that I should not have to work out and I'm lucky that I'm in Florida and because we are not on a self-quarantine yet we are not in a lockdown yet I am allowed to go outside and so while I am allowed to go outside I want to make sure that I am taking advantage of that I am being super careful though um and I this really annoys me is like when I'm walking and somebody tries to pass me I'm like whoa 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 like social distancing like can you not take your six steps away from me and pass me um so I'm being very conscious about that as well 
Um, but I'm also using the time to really take care of myself. Um, being alone, self-quarantined, um, I realized that I'd stopped caring a lot about what was happening on the inside of me in terms of my emotional health and my mental health. And so I've been doing a lot of journaling and I will say I hate journaling. Journaling is not my thing. Like I do not wake up in the morning and do my do my day pages or whatever they're called where you're supposed to like free, free write for three minutes straight and just release everything from your brain. I don't do that. But what I have started doing is um, turning on the recorder on my phone in the morning and just for three minutes talking about what's going on, what's happening, what am I thinking about, where's, where's my head at? And then throughout the day, if I feel like I'm getting anxious again, um, I'm doing the same exercise for two or three minutes. And I think it's super important, especially during this time, to write about this experience, to write about how you're feeling, about what you're going through, what is what is happening around you because like we're not going to go through this situation again right and if you're a creative you're a poet you're an artist you're a singer this is all stuff that you can use this is all stuff that you can pull from and maybe right now you're not feeling the most creative because you are anxious or you are stressed financially or you're trying to balance being creative and having your kids at home or your spouse at home and so I definitely suggest writing about this experience it's also a really great exercise because at the end of this experience, we should all come out of this as different people. We should all come out of this with a better understanding of the world. And if you don't come out of this with a better understanding of the world, then you didn't get what you needed out of this experience. And I think that's why it's super important to journal because that way you'll be able to see, maybe it'll be a small change in how you interact with people or how you treat the environment, but you'll be able to see some sort of change in how, just not only in yourself emotionally, mentally, but also maybe even just your viewpoints about people and your viewpoints about class um, diversity and socioeconomic um, issues and financial issues and even uh, politics. Like now is the time to like really understand what's happening in the world. Like why are we so divided in a time when we should all be coming together? We're still divided. We're still fighting about toilet paper. It just makes, it makes no sense whatsoever. And so release those emotions and talk about them. Um, use this time also to like learn a new skill set, educate yourself, figure out like how can you learn a new skill. I'm definitely trying to do that. My goal uh, for this sort of self-isolation until I can get work again is one, figure out what's a, what is another source of income that I can work on. And two, I really want to write a one-woman show. And that's like my goal is how do I write a one-woman show? What does it take to put one on? Um, how do you how do you structure it? It's like a whole new creative outlet that I've never experienced or never played with. And so, first of all, if any of you listening have any experience doing a one woman show, feel free to hit me up. I would love to talk to you. Um, but again, if you're looking for classes to take or opportunities, or you have a class and you want people to know about it, feel free to hit up the Facebook group, uh, funnybrowngirl.com forward slash Facebook, or go to facebook.com and search Creative Breakthrough Community. And there's people there who have listed classes, like one woman is teaching guitar classes, another one has listed a free site to take some classes online or learn a language. So definitely do that. Um, now is also a time if you are if you are um, financially set and you are just bored and you're just sitting at home binge watching TV, now is the time to be creative. Now is the time to think of ways to set a new norm. So for example, there's a DJ called DJ D Nice, um, and if you haven't heard of him on Instagram, it's at D Nice D N I C E. He held an eight-hour DJ party. He went on Instagram stories, went live, not stories, went live on Instagram for eight hours and just DJed. He spun records. And he had like 
celebrities come in and like just party with him, like Michelle Obama and Mariah Carey and tons of others. And that's, and he created a new model and he went from like 200,000 Instagram followers to over a million. And people were sharing his cash app and paying him money for this. And like, there's a way to make income during all of this. So be creative and be, be creative. And like, in terms of how can you change the norm of your creativity, of your field, of your industry. Um, there's a couple of comedians in LA who have gotten together and have decided to do a comedy show and they're gonna only sell 100 tickets at $5 a piece. And that's how they're gonna try to pay their rent this month. Um, and then there's people who are just posting things on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook randomly. And because there's so many eyes on social media right now that if you have something to say or if you have something to be seen, now is the time to put it on there. And there's a guy, he's actually, he's the guy who taught me what stand-up comedy is in Boston. His name is Dana J. Bean. And he last week wrote a song called the Coronavirus Rhapsody based on the Bohemian Rhapsody song by Queen. And he just threw it up on Twitter and it has gone viral. I mean, it is being shared across the world from South Africa to Australia to the United States. He's been featured in magazines, podcasts, Newsweek. I mean, just, and he talks about this and he said, he literally said, he's like, anytime I would post something on Twitter, I would like reminisce over it. I would review it and review it and review it and think, is it perfect? Is it good enough to be posted on Twitter? And he would go through this agonizing process of posting things on Twitter. And when he wrote this song last week, it was on a whim. He said he took him seven minutes to write and he just threw it up on Twitter. He didn't even like second guess himself and that went viral. And so don't, don't second guess yourself. Just throw stuff out there. Of course, like manage your brand, like don't be posting things that you're going to regret. Um, but yeah, now is your time. Now is the time to go learn a new skill set. Now is the time to be creative online, to put that stuff out there. Now is the time to really document how you're feeling and, and, and look inside of you and take care of yourself. Self-care right now is so important. And I've, I realized that it's only been a week and I've already realized how important my self-care is. It's important for me to breathe. I've been trying to meditate. Um, and we can go over a quick meditation exercise if you want. Um, I've been learning how to just take time for myself and be with my thoughts and just slow down a little bit and understand like what's happening within me because we're always so busy. We're always go, go, go. And then when we're stuck at home by ourselves, that's when our minds start to race. And so trying to figure out, okay, like what is it that's bothering me? And what is it that I need to be working on? It's taking time for myself. Now that I'm not being pulled in so many different, different directions is taking that time to say, okay, I can now read this book and I can take a bath and I can just sit here with my eyes closed for a hot minute. And so really just use this time because we may never get this opportunity again to just be alone or just be um, without distractions in our life. And so use this time, whether you're, whether you are being a creative right now, or whether you're too anxious to be a creative or whether you've got a lot of stress on your hands or whether you're teaching your children, find that time to really look inside yourself and understand what can you get out of this experience. And you may not understand that until the experience is over, but at least document how you're feeling so that you have something to pull from at a later time. Okay, uh, I'm going to wrap up real quick. I just want to also say thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who donated um, towards podcasting equipment for myself. Uh, as some of you may have heard, I was using podcasting equipment and then the person who gave it to me decided all of a sudden he wanted it back. So he took it back and now I have no podcasting equipment. So I've been raising money from donations. So people who usually get a Starbucks coffee every day or order out lunch, um, now that you might have that disposable income because you can't go out and get that coffee every day, would love it, love it, love it if you could 
could donate that to me. Um, and it's a really simple way. You can use your credit card or PayPal and go to ko-fi.com forward slash funny brown girl. That's ko-fi.com forward slash funny brown girl. Again, that's Co K O hyphen Fi F I dot com forward slash funny brown girl. If you donate twenty dollars, I will be more than happy to get on a thirty minute Skype call with you or Google Hangouts or even over email if you don't want to talk to me. Um, and we can go over any creative questions or coaching you may have, and I I will sit there and talk to you and help you kind of figure out your game plan. So um, super easy thing to do, and would love to chat with you. Okay. This week, we have a super, super special guest. This guy, I owe him a lot about my career. I owe him so much. I mean, he he gave me my first real break in comedy, and so I can't thank him enough. And his name is Jeff Friday, and he's the founder of the American Black Film Festival. I had the opportunity in 2017 to take part in the HBO Comedy Wings competition. And since then, I have been a huge advocate for American Black Comedy Festival. I think everybody um, who is a creative, whether you're African-American or not, should attend this festival, should participate in this festival, and should be involved in this festival. Uh, who is Jeff Friday? For those of you who don't know, uh, words cannot describe him, but here is what he said he is um, or sent me as his bio. Jeff Friday is one of the most innovative entrepreneurs in the film and television industry today. A successful producer, festival founder, film financier, champion of diversity, and mentor to many, Friday has established a unique legacy in Hollywood, generating a tremendous amount of goodwill within the creative and corporate communities. Jeff Friday currently serves as CEO of ABFF Ventures LLC, a multifaceted company specializing in the production of live events, television, and film focused on African American culture. So, what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Welcome to the guest chair, Jeff. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for making the time too. I know it's been a minute since we last met or talked, so I appreciate you making the time. I was wondering where you were. I hadn't seen you in, <laughs> in like two years. I figured you, uh, I don't know. I knew you were doing well, but uh, it's good to see you. Good to see yes. you doing some things out of, the, you know, out of the comedy space. Yes. Well, you know, they say you got to diversify, so. You have to eat for sure, for sure. But I will be at ABFF this year for sure. Love it. Twenty fourth anniversary. Oh yeah, that wow, yeah, impressive. Yeah, that's crazy, right? That is impressive. <laughs> yeah. So I want to ask you before we jump in, when when did your creative journey begin? Um, that's an interesting question because I I I don't have the answer. My my creative curiosity started when I was like twelve years old. So where are you where are you from originally? Originally from Kenya. I'm from Kenya. Okay, so I grew up in, in New York, and my mother was a school teacher by day, and she went to graduate school to get her master's at night. And this is back in the like late 70s, early 80s. And she used to always say, watch television shows. Like this is this is real old school, like the Jeffersons and you know, shows like that and, and, and good time. Do you even know what I'm talking about? Yes, of course. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like good times. These are like the, all these shows, right? <laughs> and these are happening all be Norman Lear shows, which is kind of a different, I'll get back to that, right? And so, you know, Norman Lear is. And so there were these shows on television. My mom would say, when, when she, before she left for grad school, she would say, watch these shows because I want, these are my favorite shows. And when I get home tonight, I want you to tell me what happened. And, I, and for the life of me, I thought my mother loved television. And on my 16th birthday, she, she said, I have a confession to make. And I said, what's that? She says, I don't really love TV, 
I asked you to watch shows to keep you in the house at night so you would stay out of trouble. So my mother assigned me, my mother made me a television critic, which is the craziest thing you ever heard, right? So she forced me into the space where I watched TV every night after my homework so I could report to her what happened on the good times and she had no interest in it at all, right? But she knew that I was in the house because if I was in the house, I would, couldn't tell what happened. So I developed this, this discomfort. So not even curiosity. I developed a discomfort for people of for portrayals of people of color on television. And my discomfort was primarily centered around after the African-American experience, because that's what I am and that's what my direct experience is. But my, my question to my mom was, you know what I hate about television? Everyone who's black or of color is stuck into these, these a couple of silos, these, these stereotypical boxes. You know, there's no dad around, they always live in the hood. You know, there's always, they're always dancing. Every black commercial, hey, you gotta, you gotta have black folks dancing to sell burgers. Like, I just all started to drive me crazy. So, what actually got me into this space was not curiosity as as much as it was discomfort about how people of color are people of color are portrayed in film and TV. And so, I left and I went to college with this burning thing in my head about wanting to change the way because I knew diverse people of color. Everybody's not the damn same as you know, right? And I wanted to change the way people of color are portrayed. So that's been that's been my guiding force, I would say, since I was. 16 believe it or not like this whole thing for me is about how do we show people in our true diverse uh, 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 enormously creative light and, and that's really what my professional career has become about that's awesome so you said you were coming up to 24 years of the american black film festival which I actually probably mentioned on every podcast. So everybody on this podcast who listens to this is very well aware about what ABFF is. Tell me what's the key to success? Like how have you grown it over the past 24 years so that it's this, it's this beacon in the community. It's, it's where Issa Rae wants to premiere Insecure. It's where Ava DuVernay Mm -hmm. wants to come and talk. Like how Mm -hmm. did you, how did you create this? I think the key couple of things, um, the sincerity about it, you know, like, I really do love my people. And I always, you know, this sounds a bit cliche-ish, but like it's something that I would do for free, you know, and I was doing it for free for, you know, the first 15 of the 24 years. <clears throat> and I just think that there's a need for, for people who champion things, right? And I've got this, to some degree, I always wanted to be like, even when I played sports, I wanted to make take the last shot and I wanted to score the touchdown. And for me, just personally, I get a, a great deal of fulfillment out of, create out of creating something or having created something that benefits other people like that really is my true joy and when you say things like i talk about abff because it's important to me that's why i do it that's the fuel of it that's my my compensation is the way you feel about it and i've been in that regard i've been handsomely compensated because people come to abff they get it, they dial in, they leave the attitudes and the Hollywood stuff and everybody's really about everyone else. And, and it's really hard to create an environment where people come with open arms and open minds, you know, and, and want to help people. So it's just been the spirit. I think we've just been divinely protected because honestly, there were some years during, you know, back in the 2008 and nine where there were no sponsors and I had to do some things I ain't so proud of to keep it going, you know, but you know, it's imagine it's now we're at 20, so I, I think that our, you know, that our that we've been sincere about it. We've been steadfast in our mission. And remember, we started this in '97. Diversity is really popular now, 
But in 1997, trust me, no one was checking for what we were doing. No one, no, very few people were. And very few companies were. HBO, as you you were involved in HBO short film um, uh, comedy wings. Right. HBO has been on board with us since the very first day. And I really like to, you know, give them a lot of credit for that because we had trouble finding support in the, in the 90s. It was ugly. And now diversity is in the buzzword and their diversity is good business. And <laughs> so now it's a little bit easier than it was. And now we go, we told you so. We, uh, we yeah. told you this was important. But, uh, you know, and we, we, all, we all knew what the deal was. So what would you tell an aspiring creative the importance of a festival? Like how what, what would you tell them why they should come to ABFF or festivals in general? I think the key is community. Like like you have to find you have to find the community and you have to be a giving active member of community. The the days where you could, you know, just be a solo, I just think those days are wrong. Even if you look at what Ava DuVernay is doing, where she has a show, Queen Sugar, and she hires a community of of, of women to direct. And half the women, I'm not don't quote me on this, but I, but I'm pretty sure that half the women who she hired had never directed TV before. And the key to this, the key to this business is, what have you done for me lately, right? And so if you if she gives you her first, like getting your first shot is the key to this whole thing. So I would tell aspiring artists that you got to be a part of the community, you and you got to be an actor. You got it's a give and a get. You can't just be the, the member of the community with your hand out all the time. You got to come to events like ABFF or or whatever the event is and really get it and really get engaged. I also think people underestimate the importance of networking. So I have. Film, young filmmakers sometimes will say to me, well, I didn't come because I didn't have a project, right? Well, I thought you were coming. Man. Oh, yeah, I was going to come, but I didn't have my project. And I always say, that's the reason you should have come, <laughs> because you didn't have your project. Because the way that you get to your project is to immerse yourself in an environment, in the community of people who want to help you see your project made. So the people who say I didn't come because I didn't have a project are really misguided to me, you know? If you don't have a project, you got to be there, really, one way or another. If you can't afford, it's a different conversation. But I just think strength of community is, is really, really important, and having and, and having a network. Mm-hmm. That's been our secret, in, you know. Anyway. No, and I think I think it's totally true. Like coming into ABFF, I didn't know anybody, and leaving ABFF, I feel like I I I made a family. Like I can pick up the phone and call any of the competitors that were a part of the comedy competition, or yeah. a lot of the people who were on the panels, and just I mean, they, half of them have been on this podcast, so it's just amazing. Like what you That's get out. Cool. What it was like four days or five, not even four days, right? The festival. Right, five, well, four and four and a half four, days. Four and yeah. a half days, yeah, right? Cool. The other thing that that I think really important is, is so we bring in big companies so the thing that you might have noticed if you look at the website and see the logos like i've forced all the companies to come you know even like so now we've got netflix and nbc universal and abc so where else can you get in front of executives right. from all from almost every company in the and next year coming up in june our next festival it's going to be even more than that so we so imagine so our, our model is bring independent artists from around the world, and we had people from 17 countries outside the United States this year. A lot of Africans wow. came this year, which is crazy. <laughs> and and bring seven, bring people from around the world who are interested in, in black in film and TV, and then bring all the companies, and we get the companies engaged. So if you notice, the companies don't just write checks. It's not like just logos. They put on panels and master classes and seminars. And Warner did a big thing about pitching for TV last year. So there's this, there's this amazing level of engagement around helping people. And so, so I, again, it's kind of 
that's really the model, like collaboration and really community are the two kind of the two secret ingredients on, on our end. Cool. So when you when I was there, and I mean every year, there's tons of different competitions happening, and there's a lot of talent that comes out there. What would you say is the a common thread that you see in competitors and or in the talent that comes to ABFF? ABFF? Um, I think the talent universally is ready to work. If I look at the HBO short film competition, you said how to rock <laughs> if we she's look been at, awesome she, she deserves a awesome. raise for setting this uh -oh, up stop it stop it uh, <laughs> don't say that salary done um, <laughs> if we look at the hbo short film competition the comedy wing competition the t the, the turner writing competition the abc acting competition there are a lot of people that are ready to work and i think that they just need that opportunity and so i'm always surprised at the level of undiscovered talent out here and sometimes people come and say, "What do you get?" And I say, "These people are out here. They just need some place to invite them to perform." There are a lot of talented people in the world who no one knows about. And I think, as a person who loves culture, I'm more interested in the person that I don't know than the person that I. I mean, like for example, um, Kevin Hart was in the same competition that you were in. Uh, I don't know if I told you this or not. No. Uh, mm -hmm. Two thousand. What year are you in? Twenty eighteen. 2017. Okay, so so 13 years before you, <laughs> there's this guy named Kevin Hart was in the same competition as you're in, uh, on that same stage, believe it or not, in Miami. Oh, and wow. that's actually where I met him, you know, and he didn't even win. Uh, but he won, right? <laughs> he wasn't the win he wasn't the winner that night, but he he clearly, you know, was on his path. And people like, I don't know if you know, you should know JB Smooth. An earthquake, and um, a lot of the uh, a lot of the comedians that are now working that have been household names have, have been involved with the show for a very long, for a very long. Century the Entertainer, way back in Acapulco days, okay. and so there's been a long, you know, Amari Hardwick, who's a star of power, as you know, um, won our Emerging Actor Award. That's how I met him. I met him in uh, like 2005, okay. and we had an acting like emerging, kind of like the acting version of what you're in. And Amari yeah. won, and I, was, and I met him. Hey, and we became so now he's like my my young brother now. But I mean, Kerry Washington's first movie was at ABFF in two thousand four or five. She was a new actress, like indie. She did her her, her movies called Lift. It was an indie film about uh, these college kids who were pickpockets or something like that. It was a really great movie. That was her first feature. Hey, it's me, Shreen. Sorry to interrupt. Creative Breakthrough listeners, are you enjoying this episode? If so, I have a quick favor. Could you leave us a review, whether on Apple, SoundCloud, or whatever platform you're listening from? It's a great way to pay it forward and let other creatives know about the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay, I'll get back to the original interview now. Thanks. Bye. Wow. It's, and I met Tio. So it's been like, that's been an experience. Like yeah. everyone, Anthony Anderson for Blackish, it's just been that kind of thing year after year. Issa, as you said, Issa Rae. Uh, her web series premiered at ABFF in like 2014 or 15. Okay. Ryan Coogler, everybody knows about Ryan Coogler. Uh, he won our Best Director Award in 2014. So imagine like having 24 years of this. Yeah. You know, awesome. just watch, just watching people just come through and just blow up. It's just, it's been amazing. Well, it's good to hear about Kevin Hart. That means I've got 13 years still to make it. <laughs> you got 13 years to make it. <laughs> but so he, he performed was great. I forgot who won, you know, but 
kind of doesn't matter. But he performed was fantastic. And he was and he was new. He had been doing like comedy clubs and stuff, but he wasn't, you know, no one knew who he was yet. And he figured it out. So that's awesome. Yeah, really cool. And do you feel like when so like people like Kevin Hart and all the names you mentioned, how important is it that they come back then and, and give back to the community? Like, do you find that they do? They all do, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, well, not all, but most, most do, you know, yeah. I mean, and then when you add, you put a mic to anybody's you know mouth and say, hey, uh, I was at, at an event in L.A. Nia Long was honored last night um, and she was she Nia is one of the original. I hate to say celebrities, but the original people who were there with me the first year in 1997, it was me and Nia Long and Regina King and Robert Townsend and Halle Berry. It's like there's like a few of us and we were all like in our 20s and just trying to figure it out. Uh, But everybody, you know, everybody supports, you know, and and some people do more than others. Uh, But for the most part, everyone really appreciates the work. And the effort, because it takes a lot of effort. You know, my wife and I run the event, and everybody support, everybody shows us a lot of love. They always have. Awesome. Well, I'll yeah. definitely come back and support. Don't you worry. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be looking for you. <laughs> now you do you do well. Don't worry, you won't have to look far. I'll, I'll be okay. like right there. I'll be like Jeff. One day right speak on a panel. I'm the Kevin Hart now of comedy. It's been 13 years. <laughs> You've only got two in. Right? You got 10, I know. Eleven more. So at your 34th anniversary, I'll be there. You'll, you'll be Kevin. Right? <laughs> your, your helicopter in. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> that would be dreams, goals. Hashtag yeah. goals. <laughs> there you go. I still have mine. What's, you still have your goals? Yeah. What are those? My goal is to retire. Nuh-uh, for real? Yeah, man. Yeah. What do you want to do no, when you retire? No. want to do nothing. I've been I've been working like really hard since I was 12 and my ultimate goal I'm embarrassed to say this on on a, on a podcast but I'm gonna like build a really fabulous beach bar in Anguilla and I want to have this really cool like like a beach bar like you've never like you've seen like a, a beach bar like a little hut but I'm gonna have a beach bar like you've never seen <laughs> I'm gonna spend my days in shorts and ugly Hawaiian shirts and flip-flops, just chilling. So I'm working towards that. So by the time okay. you come back with your helicopter, <laughs> I'll be, well, I'll come in, I'll come in for the events and hang out with y'all, but no, I certainly will be working. No, no, but no, it, listen, my dream is coming true now. This is great. You know, now we're producing movies and we got a lot of great stuff going on. Yeah. Well, you do have a lot of stuff going on. I mean, you, you're producing movies, ABFF, you took it to London this year. Like, how a lot of creatives always say like they don't have time or they they just don't have the availability to do different things like how do you manage your time and prioritize things uh good question um we manage time i don't know i don't know how do i manage time we just we figured out you know like i'm very inspired by new ideas so like doing the same thing over and over would would make me a little bit crazy right and so when an opportunity come came up to do a london version of this i was very you know like london was we did our first ABF London this past September and 700 people showed up and we only promoted it like three weeks in advance. And I, I have no idea where these folks came from. Uh, 700 people showed up. There was brothers and sisters from all over Europe and Africa. This one guy walks up to me. He's got a, you know, a very thick Nigerian accent. And I said, he said, Jeff, nice to meet you. And I said, nice to meet you too. And I said, where are you from? He said, Nigeria. So I said, well, you live, you live in London now. You know, he said, no, I, I'm, I live in Nigeria. I said, well, why are you here? He said, 
you were, I said, you were in London visiting? He said, no, I came. I said, you came from Nigeria to London for the ABFF? And he said, yeah. He said, I was trying, I've been trying to get to Miami for many years, but I wouldn't let you guys come this close. So then I asked people like, in a, we had like a, 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 a opening night film. So I said, is anybody else not from London here? And Shireen, like about 50 or 60 people raised their hand. So then we went to this thing of where are you from? And it was people of color from all over Europe and South Africa and Ghana and Amsterdam and Paris. It was the most amazing experience on earth. So really what drives me personally is doing things like that, you know, and 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 filling in, providing opportunities for people. In London, London was exactly, London was exactly that. Now we're making movies, we're making doc, we have a documentary division. Uh, we work on HBO. Um, and now we're making movies about, you know, entertaining movies about people, uh, stories that kind of, stories about people of color that haven't really kind of made it to the mainstream yet. And our first movie's coming out in uh, February. So okay, cool. doing a lot of great things. So the answer is I find time for things that, that feel good. I like most of us. And I find time for things that I, that I enjoy. And I, you know, I feel very um, blessed to have the resources to just do some cool stuff that helps people. You know, like we always say, um, uh, profit with a purpose, right? So you can make money and do things for the community. It doesn't always have to be philanthropic, you know, but for us as a company, everything that we do has to push our culture forward, right? Um, and that's what we're doing, you know, that's, and, and actually looking uh, and, and looking towards the future where we want to make our, our mission even more diverse. So we, we started, you know, kind of specifically around African-American content, African-American people. And now we are like what you'll see uh, at next year's festival is we're broadening our definition of people of color and really, really being inclusive. So because I, I went to I started this when I went to Sundance and I didn't see diversity. I think you've heard that story before. Right. So yep. now, now that I'm established, I've got to make sure I've got to do my own kind of self check. Right. I've got to make sure that we're not only servicing African-American people. Right. And so now we've got this much broader view of what people of color. So actually, we're all in the same boat as it relates to Hollywood. There is no community of color that has any privilege in Hollywood, period. You know, I've got Asian friends. One of my Southeast Asian brothers, he's like, dude, black, black's got it great. <laughs> you know, and you talk to Hispanic people, they go, you know, so, you know, so every we're, we're all in the same boat. So we, I want to be a champion for people of color more, more universally now. And that's what we're working on. That's our big shift for 2020 and beyond. Okay. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be respectful of your time. So last question before the lightning round, right. what advice do you have for creatives on their journey? Um, a focused plan. And I often hear people say, what do you want to do? And they say five different things. <laughs> and I and, and I say now now this is interesting kind of nuance because you want to have multiple hustles because yes you want to be a if you're funny you want to be a comedian but you also want to be a podcast host and a writer. But I think you have to have a focused plan. And when you write this plan, if you don't have pathways to all five things, then you got to cut off things that you don't really realize. And also a sense of realism too, because so focus plan, a sense of real, real, real realism mm -hmm. or reality and self-check. The sense of reality is, do I have what it takes to be successful at this? 
And the answer to that is if you can ask yourself, can I be amongst the best that exists for it for this state? Like I have this dream about being a comedy writer. And I'm I'm a, a guild writers guild member, and I think I write funny. I'm really dry personally, but I write funny. And I was going to go down this path of being a writer, and then I asked myself, can I am can I be amongst the best comedy writers? You know what my answer to myself check was? No. And then I stopped it. I focused on things that I could be the best at or amongst the best at, and I write for fun. And I think that people, but I'm at a different point in my career, right? But I think that people at the beginning have to ask yourself, what am I the best at and what do I just like? And it can't be nine things because I haven't met anyone who's the best, who, who, who can be amongst the best in the industry at three different things. I, very few people, like there are a few right. people I think that just like, uh, we were talking about Donald Glover today, yeah. Childish Bad Gambino. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think that he's that universally talented in this, he can't play basketball, I'm talking about entertainment, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. I think that he's a singer. He's, you know, I think that if you look at his skill set, he's a great stand-up comic, and he's a fantastic writer because Atlanta is a great show. So I think certain people can be great, but I don't know many people like that, honestly. I just, I just don't. So that'd be my advice. I love that. Focus, I focus plan, self-check, sense of reality. Don't tell yourself things are good when they're not good. <laughs> oh man, my script! I just got my script. It's fantastic. It's better than Titanic. No, it's not. You know, like, don't lie to yourself. You can lie to other people if you find that's necessary in a room. You know what I mean? But you can't, like, look in the mirror and say that you're prepared for something that you're not. You're never going to win that way. Yeah. I like that. Because I think creatives, we want to do everything. And it's important to pick what we're good at and focus on that. Yeah, like, even for you, like, as, as, a, as a performer, I've had a lot of people say, what do you think, Jeff? And I say, I don't really want to tell you because you don't really want to hear it. Oh, yeah, I really do want to hear it. No, you don't. Ask me tomorrow. Let me know you really want to hear it. So when they say they want to hear it, I'll say, I think you're really funny. I don't think you have enough stage presence to be a, 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 a comedian, but I think you're funny. you got a sense of wit. I think it should be all right. Or I'll say, you've got great stage presence, but you don't read enough to be a great comic. Because I really think comics got to be the smartest person. Like you have to have a perspective of the world that uh, that everybody in the room doesn't have. That's where the challenging part. That's why Chris Rock is so great, right? You know, and but there are very few people that are great at Jerry Seinfeld. Just you know, he's just got this thing, right? Um, so I have a I've had a lot of talks with people, and I just try to guide people to what they're best at. You know, when I'm asked if I don't if you don't ask me, I don't ever offer advice, marriage uh, advice. Nothing. <laughs> well, I'm not going to ask you on the podcast. <laughs> you, can call me, you can call me later. Okay. <laughs> call me tomorrow. Think about it overnight. Call me tomorrow. Oh no, I'll call you. I'll ask you. Call I just it. I'm not going to do. I don't. I don't need a, a career coaching on the podcast. <laughs> right. Right. Not just not for that. Right. I'm right. confident enough, and not that confident. <laughs> no, I think you're fantastic. By the way, but I'll just, we'll just well, leave you. it there. Okay. <laughs> okay. I so was involved. I was involved in picking you. I was on the jury that picked you to come. So. Oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. Appreciate yeah, I did that. Have one vote. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, real quick. So this is a lightning round. I'm going to ask you a question. You just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Ask me a question. First thing comes to my mind. Okay. What's the best piece of advice you've received? Uh, don't lie to yourself. What's your definition of success? Um, a song in my head in the morning. Who inspires you and why? 
um, my mom because no one outworks her. I'm going to go back to question two. What's your definition of success? You said a song in your head in the morning. What's my, you said success? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your definition of success? Oh, I heard you, I heard you wrong. My, uh, <laughs> I heard you wrong too. I was like, that's cool. Oh, no, I, I, I said <laughs> um, definite success is when things that feed you and things that please you align. I like that. What's the a point in your life where the things that feed you and the things that please you kind of where they, they meet? I think mm -hmm. that's a perfect place to be. Is, are you there, you think? I think Am I there? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of there. Yeah, <laughs> you but are. I'm, I'm not like 20 either. So, you know, you, I, I better be there. <laughs> What's a habit that's helped you on your journey? Um, being a fanatic about details. And anyone who has worked for me or with me would tell you that I can be a real pain in the ass sometime about like the color blue has got to be the perfect color blue or I, or I hate it. So like, or the font, Rocky, tell me about <laughs> Rocky's laughing, but just, I'm just fanatical about detail. I think everything matters in business. And then when I'm off, I'm off. I'm a very different person, but at work, everything matters. The font style and the color blue matters. No, makes sense. Yeah. What do you want your legacy to be? I want my legacy to be that I was successful. I cared about people that I wasn't an asshole. I like that one. <laughs> where can, if, if listeners wanted to find you online on social media, where can they connect with you? Uh, where can they connect with me on social media, right? <laughs> <laughs> At Jeff Friday. Yeah. Uh, I don't do a whole lot of, you know, posting, but we, 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 we communicate through our properties, okay. you know, through, through ABFF and ABFF honors and things like that. I, I'm super private. Um, uh, the one kind of odd thing about me is I'm insanely private too. So, um, I'm uncomfortable sharing too much about my, cause I don't really think that people really give a damn, you know, I'm a, I'm a, and I, and I also think there's a real dishonesty. You didn't ask me this, but I want to add this. Mm -hmm, sure. I think there's a real dishonesty about posting your happy days and not posting the sad ones. And when I see people just, Oh, I'm in Bali. Okay. But you know, I just think that's kind of lying when you just kind of post all the good stuff about you and you don't. And then when something happens and you, you, you delete your account when your husband cheats on you or something. So, I, I just I just think that if you want to if you want to give it to me give it to me all the time you know I authenticity is really important to me and I just you know I don't want to see you tripped about it, really. I just I'm just 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 not my thing so totally understandable yeah. totally respect that yeah well thank That's you it. so much for your time thank you for you're joining us welcome. today Jeff you're very welcome this I'll see great. you soon hopefully Good oh luck. yeah you will I Call don't think tomorrow. I'm traveling <laughs> don't I will I will definitely rock you, you have my number the calendar right now I don't, actually don't have your number Rocky, Rocky, give, Rocky gave my cell number <laughs> is, it, is it gonna make me is it gonna make me post on social media or not post on social media <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling <laughs> it'll make you post you won't rem you don't remember my set do you I remember everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember everything. I sat there. We, one, one quick aside, it's kind of off the record. We watched every one of those, those performances like five or six times. Mm -hmm. And we had 300 people. So wow. when you get down to nine, you remember the nine, you know, and then, but, but I mean, then you guys came live and you did the live set here. We did the live set in LA that year. Uh, we the, did our the semifinals. At Atlanta. Uh, we we did Atlanta that year. Yeah, I missed that year in Atlanta, but no, I remember all of it. That was great. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I'll give talk. you a ring. I'll holler. Please.
right. I'm always Alan. looking to get better. I want to be the next Kevin Hart. So do you have any um any recent footage of any shows you can send me? I can have do that. Been, have you been doing just send me something? Let me catch up, you know, okay. with, with some of your do more recent stuff. Because comedy, yeah, yeah, yeah. as you know, is ever evolving. So yeah, what, I'll was find funny, something. what was funny three years ago. You know, <laughs> might not be funny. Yeah, now. I've still been doing shows. I don't record myself as much anymore, but yeah, you I'll know? find something. Send me send me something reasonably current. Okay. You know, and we'll talk. Okay. All sure. right, my love. Awesome. Thank you so okay. much. Totally Thank appreciate you so much. it. You're welcome. And thanks, Rocky, cool. if you're still there. Wow, how inspiring was that conversation? I mean, Jeff Friday at the age of 16 knew something was unsettling in his heart. He knew that he was not comfortable with what he was seeing on TV and he has made it his mission to fix that. And that is just so incredible how he is becoming a helping hand, not only to African-Americans in the community, but now expanding it to all minorities in the United States. Hey, if you were planning to go to American Black Film Festival or you're hearing about it for the first time, I just want to give you a heads up. It was scheduled to be in June of 2020. It has now been rescheduled due to COVID-19. It has now been rescheduled to October 21st through the 25th in Miami Beach. Again, that's October 21st to the 25th in Miami Beach. I will be there, so I hope I will see you all there. Quickly, what were the key takeaways from today's conversation? One, Be steadfast in your mission. Two, find a community and become an active member of giving and receiving. Three, collaborate within the community. Four, have a focused plan, a sense of reality, and self-check. Five, authenticity is important. I want you all to be safe out there, practice social distancing, hit me up, slide into my DMs, tweet me, whatever you need to do. If you need to talk about anything, you want to float any ideas past me. If you can, donate a cup of coffee to my Ko-Fi account. And until then, go flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Thanks for listening. Stay connected about upcoming resources, including opportunities, festivals, competitions, and grants to help you grow your creative passion by subscribing to my bi-monthly newsletter by visiting funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. Don't miss out on a life-changing opportunity and subscribe today at funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. And hey, if you decide to go on Instagram today, follow me. I'm Funny Brown Girl. I'm Shereen Kassam, and you've been listening to Creative Breakthrough. Now, go flex your creative muscle and keep winning.